Good morning and welcome to Sips of Sanity. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We are in the month of March and we are continuing our Sips of Sanity series from February. So we actually started discussing the false beliefs of the people pleaser. We did the first five last month and we're now into the second five. I want to say, first of all, Kel, thank you to all of the people that have sent emails, have stopped us in the mall, or somehow responded that these shows have meant so much to them to help them identify those core beliefs, because a lot of people never even heard about being a people pleaser before. But once they heard about what their core beliefs were, they were able to say, well, shit, or well, there's my aha moment, and understand why they behave the way that they do in relationships, and what their thinking is behind that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And your feedback is the reason that we continue to do this. So let's jump into false belief number six. I don't have the right to stand up for myself or act on my own behalf. Isn't that a whammy? And we think we go right to the point in here, straight off the bat for me, that a lot of people who are people pleasers get that right from early on in childhood, particularly if you're raised in a home where there's dysfunction of any kind. Mm -hmm. You learn that your worth certainly doesn't come first if you believe you have any at all. Yeah, because you literally have to put aside all of your own needs and feelings, including what could be healthy. To buy into the belief system that other people's rights matter first. Yeah, and if you have a tyrant as a parent, if you have any parent that's abusive, and I say parent, but I also mean any adult or caretaker in your home that makes the situation in the home where everybody's focused on their moods and their needs, then you are never allowed to believe that yours have any value. And so the people pleasing comes as preservation. It comes out of a need for survival. Mm -hmm. But we're labeling them false beliefs. And we use the language that you are buying into them. Because like if you bought sour milk from the grocery store today, you have a right to walk back in and return it to not continue to buy in to the sour milk and that's, that's adulting. That's individuating. Mm. When you finally get to say, oh, shit, I was told this as a child by both parents, by any adults that colluded that shit. And now that I am an adult myself, even if I'm 16, listening to this show, I am entering into adulthood where I get to say, I don't choose to anymore. And that's the emotional intelligence toolkit of saying, well, where's the rest of it then? How do I say my nose? How do I set those boundaries? Because what that environment does to begin with is say, there are no boundaries. That's what goes with this one. No boundaries. So before we go into the healthy belief, maybe let's talk about the different reasons that we don't think we have a right to stand up for our rights. Oh, well, I mean, one of the biggest ones is the whole societal thing. The whole romantic thing. We're taught that if we stand up for our own beliefs, we're being selfish. We're taught that if we stand up for ourselves, that we're being bitchy. We get called things even by other women, let alone by other men. Movies don't exactly show that a strong woman who can say no is attractive. She's seen as being domineering or mean instead of that she's actually just taking care of herself. 
Not only that, but I think the movies do a terrible job that when they position a strong woman, they will often put a pushover of a man next to her to really highlight that this is not a good quality. Instead of putting a man of equal power who goes, sexy, I like those boundaries. I have those too. Yes. We're a good match. Yes, this is an adult relationship. Instead, we're always shown the ones with inequality. Mm-hmm. And if a man is the domineering mean one, we're seeing that that's romantic. That's why I said the romanticizing part of it. Okay. But if the woman's put in that, she's the bitch. She's domineering. She's mean. She's selfish. Now, I went more to familial in my head. And Beverly Angel, who's the author of this book, The Nice Girl Syndrome, actually does a great job of explaining historically where a lot of these concepts come from. So when I went to family, I think of the firstborn to the lastborn. And I think about how the middle children and the babies can sometimes feel like they never had a right to be center of attention or to be most important. Now, contrary to that, some firstborns will say they never felt that they did because the babies got the attention. Mm -hmm. So this false belief system can actually be bought into for a variety of reasons, and it can be expressed in many different ways. Well, she clearly talks about women who watch their mothers being abused and learning that speaking up for themselves is not something that you do because it can bring about violence against you or violence against your children. So it's all controlling stuff. And that women who don't grow up in these types of homes where there is this type of abuse, these women don't have the same issues. They don't see it the same way. Their perspective is much healthier Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not triggered by fear. Yes. It's just conversation. Well, you said something key there. It's triggered by fear. So this is a really good thing for people pleasers to hear, Cal, is that they actually people please because fear is constantly being triggered in them on some level for some issue. Yeah, and I think throughout all of the shows that we're doing, the most important thing that you can do is evaluate what you are afraid to lose or what you're afraid to gain. Well, and you may be afraid to lose a guy you may or a girl. If or a house. Your stability financially. Your hot tub. Your vacation. Geez, Kelly, I used to call this the platter. I know, you've referred to this before. I, can I quickly say that? Mm-hmm. I remember visiting in a Tim Hortons. Oh my God, I said visiting a Tim Hortons. I think every Canadian citizen just nodded their head. Okay, carry on. With your dad when we were married. And I remember saying to him one day how I found it so interesting walking into a Tim Hortons that I could see people sitting at a table together, couples, and that I referred to it as a platter being in front of them. And that if they weren't happy, you could see what was on each person's platter. And he said to me, I don't follow. What do you mean? What are you seeing on a platter? And I said, well, she's staying because he makes more money. So he's keeping up the lifestyle of the home. They have a hot tub. They have vacations two and three times a year. Without him, she has to lose those things. Well, what does he have on his platter? Well, he stays because he's got sex. He doesn't care about any of that shit. He's going to have it with or without her, but he's staying because he gets sex out of her and a babysitter. 
And it's like, she's the one that takes the kids and does all the stuff. So that's what's on his platter. He doesn't want to be a single dad, because he doesn't want to do all the running around. And he doesn't want to have to start to date again. He's gained weight, he doesn't think he's attractive, or whatever. And I just remember that idea or that visual of what was on people's platters. So if I bring that back now, to the point about people pleasing, that's where those two people are people pleasing each other for the common things they want that they're bartering on their platters. And if we get down to the truth of it, we have to be able to know and recognize what we're truly doing in those relationships. That's the truth. And the people pleasers don't want to face the truth. So that's another point. We are avoiders of truths. Even if our girlfriends put them right in our face. We usually don't like those girlfriends and we will ghost them. Very true. So talk to me about the healthy belief. Well, your healthy belief here is to start standing up for your own rights. And her empowering belief is I have the right to act on my own behalf when necessary, including saying no when I don't want to do something. Um, I kind of want to say self-explanatory. Yeah, and it, it brings me to that page I love doing with clients on, the, I call it the no page. All the different ways to say no. Because no with clarity. So no, comma, and then fill in the blank and bring clarity to it. Which is often what people pleasers avoid. Mm-hmm. Clarity. And because they hide behind a smoke screen, eh, Somehow they don't want it. They're not going to be held accountable for things. So we're also saying to you people pleasers out there listening to this today, that accountability is a good thing. Yep. It keeps keeps people honest. It keeps them in check. People know where they belong and how things are supposed to function. Oh, they know expectations and boundaries and they treat you with respect. There are so many good things that people pleasers need to hear. They have a right to in their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. And in their relationships with other people, that's where our happiness comes from. That's where feeling safe and secure comes from. And people pleasers don't provide that. Wonderful. So if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we are back with false belief number seven tomorrow morning.